Reader's Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's another Monday. We're kicking off another great reading week, right? I hope so. Hope you guys are all finding some great new reads this this month, the first month of 2020. And I'm Lisa Kessler. I write paranormal romances. And so I'm super excited that I'm having another paranormal author on today. So today we have author Alexis D. Craig. And if you've never read Alexis yet, you're in for a treat. I'm just going to introduce her with her bio and then you guys can all hear about her new book. So Alexis, who goes by Lexi, is a writer with a day job for the last 20 years servicing her community and its everyday heroes. Born in Tucson, her heart still remains there, but she lives, works, and writes in in Indy. Her desire to see the whole country is almost complete. Seven states are left, as much of the world as she can. There's seven countries down, 188 to go. She collects fountain pens, perfume bottles, rescue animals, and dirty curse words in as many languages as she can. Her list of hobbies is longer than her arms and legs combined, even though she's on the petite side, so that isn't hard, including knitting, crocheting, painting, graphic design, and learning to play the piano. In addition to writer, her life has many roles, including wife, dog mom, fun aunt, and ghost hunter. I did put a link to Lexi's Facebook page. I think that's the best way to... um, um, stay in touch with her. And without further ado, Lexi, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. You have a new book out, A Killing Moon, right? Yes, yes, I do. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's a little different than what I've normally been doing, so uh, I'm very happy with how it turned out. Good. And can you tell readers about it? Why should they go grab it this week? Um, Okay. Uh, It is a shifter romance. Uh, The lead character is a former spy who uh, takes freelance work. And um, my initial idea was a kind of um, knight rescuing the princess, only flipping that on its head gender-wise. And so she is – she's – tough and uh, smart and funny and no nonsense and the prince is awesome and they find themselves embroiled in a uh, large amount of royal intrigue that uh, hopefully will stretch over the whole series yeah and we were talking before the show started the the series is called the winged guardians right and and what's that about um the shifters um who are in the palace, the king is guarded by several different birds of prey. And in this particular instance, she's a raven, so she's not a bird of prey, which plays into the story a bit. Uh, The one I'm writing now, uh, he's an owl. Uh, The next one will be a uh, Cooper's hawk, and the next one after that will be a peregrine falcon finishing up with uh, another raven. So it's it's shifter... They're all shifters. Um, these are not your traditional werewolf. I know I opened um, A Killing Moon with a werewolf, uh, but it stretches throughout uh, the animal kingdom. So this will be kind of different shifters than you normally see. Oh, I love it. 
I um, I had a vampire series where I had some bird shifters, and it was really cool to imagine flying. Do you have lots of scenes where they're they're flying? Uh, not a lot. Uh, she does fly. Uh, it takes place in a very urban setting, so being able to uh, shift is a little difficult when you have you know so many witnesses. Uh, she does uh, shift and fly uh, at one point to uh, escape a very bad situation. And so that was kind of a, an interesting thing to imagine, flying through Boston in February. <laughs> oh, fur. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this sounds like there's a lot of political intrigue and, and danger and that kind of thing. And I was talking to you before the show about a lot of your books are romantic suspense. Do you enjoy writing, you know, suspense scenes and fight scenes, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my very first book, we choreographed the major fight scene in a Denny's at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I had two <laughs> friends, and so basically I posed them and, you know, took pictures and took notes, and we um, we very much took over like a corner of the Denny's and um, planned out the entire fight scene, and I like I like the complexity of a fight scene. I like the, com- the more intricate involved, the happier I am, and I want it as realistic <laughs> as possible. Yeah, and and you know, I love that you did that at a Denny's. Strange things happen at Denny's after 2 a.m., right? <laughs> yes, ma'am, they do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably one of the few places you could get away with it because they've already seen it. <laughs> Pretty much, and that's part of why uh, we did it at that particular Denny's because we were already regulars and they knew we were weird. So it wasn't quite as <laughs> they expected no big a less. stretch. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So what's next for you? What are you working on now? Right now I am working on book two in the series. Um, It's called A Hunter's Moon, and we're expecting it out on the 10th of April. Oh, nice. Soon. And so I'm very, yes, I'm very excited. Uh, We should be doing a cover reveal right around Valentine's Day. It's gorgeous, and I'm very excited. Uh, Rebecca at Dreams to Media did it, and it's beautiful. It's uh, in a similar vein to A Killing Moon's cover, um, but uh, the color scheme's different, and the subject is a little different, and it's just it's amazing, and I'm very happy with it. Oh, I'm excited for you. So I, I always ask people who come on what their writing journey was like. Um, what, what made you decide to be a writer? How did you, how did you come down this path? Honestly, I've never, it was not really a conscious decision. I've always told stories. Um, I didn't sleep well as a kid, and so I'd tell myself stories, um, and that never really stopped. And then um, in high school, I discovered fanfic, um, which is um, just a thing that happened. Uh, The X-Files was my thing. And Mm -hmm. um, then, yeah, stories kept happening for me. it's very noisy in my head. That's the joke uh, among my friends is that <laughs> I write because it's very noisy in my head and I need to clear yes. space. That is a good, that is a good reason. <laughs> and did you join a writer's group? How did you go about getting published? 
Um, I didn't actually. <laughs> my um, my publishing journey is kind of strange, honestly, because I had no idea. I finished um, Imminent Danger and um, had no idea what to do next. And so I read a lot of Tammy Hogue and Elizabeth Lowell and things like that um, that were romantic suspense. And so basically I tracked down their publishers and saw what their submission guidelines were and went and found a publisher. Uh, Lakeesis Publishing was my first uh, publisher, and then uh, Hot Ink Press was my second publisher. Um, Hot Ink put Very out cool. uh, The X-File and Dead and Disorderly. Nice. And so are you are you in um, any writer's groups now? Do you have friends around you who write, or is it all online? Uh, it is, actually. It's all online. Um, I do have friends who write. Uh, I have a group of friends that are uh, wonderful writing uh, buddies, and we get together once a year. It is the uh, No Kids, No Husbands, No Responsibilities Tour. Um, we oh, go all over the place. <laughs> it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, we, usually, we usually spend a week together, and we go places, we talk stories, we um, take pictures. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Plus, I have uh, uh, my friend Shy August, who put out the uh, Bachelor yeah, series, and she uh, she and I talk pretty regularly. Um, we talk shop, we talk characters. Um, if we're stuck in a scene, we can reach out to the other and say, "Hey, help! What's going on here? Why can't I make mm-hmm. this work?" And that's been so helpful. Yes, that is a huge help. And when you guys go on your travels and things, do you like to travel to see your book setting? I love going on book research trips. Do you do that? Oh, yes, 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 I absolutely do. I love book research trips. Um, we've been, let's see, we've been to Tucson. We've been to New Orleans. I have a um, a partial series done that I want to get further into before I publish it, and it. Um, a lot of the research happened when we were in New Orleans and uh, the surrounding area. And, yes, we absolutely go um, interesting places, and we take pictures, we take notes, and then eventually they end up in our stories. Yes, yes. I um, I always like to, when I go on book research, I did, I have one series that's set up in Reno, and um, it was the perfect place for a werewolf pack because they could go up to Lake Tahoe and go shift up in the woods. And so on my book research trip, I tried to drive up to Lake Tahoe on the Mount Rose Highway, and a blizzard like came in, and I'm in this little Nissan Sentra red car. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to die on book research. But book five, oh, no. there was a blizzard on the Mount Rose Highway. And <laughs> so anyway, you can use yes. it all. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We had a similar situation. Um, we'd gone out to Albuquerque. Um, and we were, we'd flown into Denver and then driven down to Albuquerque. And uh, on our way back to Denver to fly out, we got stuck in Raton because the pass was closed. Now, mind you, this was in like mm, June. Oh, <laughs> the no. pass was closed due to snow. Yes. I had to, wow. I sent my boss pictures because I said, you know, in the event that I don't make it back tomorrow, because I was scheduled to work the next day, I said, in the event that I don't make mm-hmm. it back tomorrow, here's why. And so as soon as the pass opened up, we uh, booked it up to Denver, and we just barely made it. 
but oh goodness. Oh my gosh. Yes. So has that gotten in but the book yet? Not yet. No. Um, that's actually there's a short story that is partially written. I have um, I don't know about you, but I have a hard drive full of half finished short stories. Um, I, I have many short stories. Yeah. You know, things that are, you know, I've written on them for uh, 40, 50 pages. Okay, and now I'm doing this now. You know, so my attention span sometimes wanders off, but I've still got, I save mm-hmm. everything I do because it can be, you can come back to it, you can do it later, you know, things like that. So, yes, that has actually shown up in a short story, but not anything that's published yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I found that I I write things down so that I can keep focused on what I'm doing because I tell myself, okay, it's written down. Now we got to move back on and finish this thing. So I have lots of ideas that get written down because that's the only way I can finish what I'm working on. <laughs> yes. Actually, I have found um, I've been making use of my phone's voice recorder for that purpose. Oh, that's a good idea. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's um, You wake up in the middle of the night, you have something to talk about. I have a hot button on it. I can just hit it, speak, and then go back to sleep. So there's been many a morning that I've awakened, transcribed, and it's not terrible. <laughs> so <laughs> some of the things have uh, wound, in, wound up in the book. Oh, that's so cool. So are you a plotter or, or a pantser? What's your writing process like? <sighs> Uh, I lean more towards plotting. Um, I like to know why. That's my big thing is, you know, I love characters and I like making characters. Um, and But for me, the big thing is why. Why does this happen? Why does this happen when, um, you know, there's a the, – the book opens um, with the two characters meeting each other. You know, why is she there? What is he doing there? Um, what are they doing together? How do they get from point A to point B? So I'm very plot oriented, but at the same time, um, I've been known to throw down a skeleton and we get there how we get there. <laughs> Basically, we're right. aiming for a particular point, the next plot point. I don't really have a set um, linear way to get there necessarily. So it's a little bit of both. Right. And um, I have friends who are, you know, really detailed plotters with colored note cards, and I tend to be a very much pantser. So sometimes I, I look at those and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm getting itchy. How can you write the book if you already know everything that's going to happen? But then I'm on a deadline on a book right now, and I'm like, where is the ending? And so then I envy my <laughs> friends who, who just sit down and go, oh, today I'm writing Chapter 12, you know? I'm like, ah. Oh. So. oh, I'm so jealous of that. I am so jealous of that because I, um, yes, you do actually get to a point where you're like, I don't know how this is supposed to end. This is just we're going to go until it ends. It will get there eventually. And right. yes, I'm so jealous of that. Like I'm not that detail oriented, although writing a series, I have had to resort to spreadsheets only because I want to keep track of several character arcs at once. And it's right. not really conducive to keep that many characters in your head at once and try to write as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to keep a notes file. It's like my series Bible so that I can remember you know, all the important things and, and find them and all that kind of stuff. But 
Yeah, when I get toward the end of the book, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew I only had three chapters left. How many chapters? I don't know. And just keep writing until you find that ending. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, while you're writing these shifters, are you writing? Are you still writing romantic suspense too, or are you branching into paranormal? Uh, I'm kind of branching into paranormal for the moment, but... Uh, I wander where the muse takes me. Oh, okay. Um, I'm I'm not entirely married to a specific genre. Um, well, but beyond romance, um, I guess it'd be a subgenre. Um, my desire is to just write love stories, and however they arrive, they arrive. Usually, mine arrive with a stack of bodies attached, but that kind of happens <laughs> sometimes. Yes, sometimes people have to die. Yes. <laughs> and occasionally lots of people, lots and lots. But we try to avoid that if we can. But, you know, yeah. Right. Sometimes things happen. <laughs> yes. So when you are getting, you know, filling the well and that kind of thing with your writing, what do you like to watch? I always ask people, you know, what are, what are you binge watching right now? What am I missing out on? You know, you obviously, your day job is, is involved in law enforcement, so you probably hate NCIS and all that, right? Because they get everything no, wrong. No, Surprisingly, no. Like no, it? no, it's, yeah, it's fun. And because it's, it's paperwork we don't have to do. So it's fun to just, you know, watch, you know, yes, and they do get some things wrong and, you know, you can just overlook it, you know, suspension of disbelief. I'm a big fan. Um, oh, okay. Honestly, so we can let the magic wash over you. <laughs> yes. Yes. There, there are occasions when I have to, you know, hit the pause button on the DVR and full stop and, you know, get my cranky pants out. But for the most part, yeah, I can just let the magic wash over me and enjoy the story. Um, right now I'm watching uh, uh, Hawaii Five-O is um, a CBS series, and it's actually kind of fun. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of TV during the week uh, because when I go home from work, I write. And so I save up all of my uh, weekly watching for, like, Saturday. Oh, and see. so on Saturday, I binge, like, all of the ghost shows and the haunting and kindred spirits and fun stuff like that, in addition to NCIS and FBI and Hawaii Five-0. And, um, yeah, if there's a police procedural, I'm watching it, generally speaking. I'm kind of an addict. Oh, okay. Did you like Bones? I loved Bones. You know, honestly, I <laughs> – Bones – was one of those situations, um, and it was temperance. Temperance bothered me, and I don't know if it's a matter oh. of familiarity breeds contempt necessarily, um, mm -hmm. but I liked the show. I liked every other character but hers, which I felt kind of <laughs> terrible that, you know, she's the title character and I don't like her, but um, like Rizzoli and Isles, huge fan. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I I I really I I got to that show late and I saw on Netflix, you know, there's like 200 episodes and I thought, "Oh, I can't." And then, "Oh, look, I did." Um so that's the horror of binge watching. I'm like, "Wow, that was a lot of hours of my life." Exactly. Yes. Yes, that's I've done that before. Um The Umbrella Academy was the last one that I really uh oh, went I to love town that. on. Yeah. Yeah. 
that was a bizarre show, but I loved it, and I'm so glad they're going to get a second season of Umbrella Umbrella Academy. I am too. I am too. I'm very excited. Just the characters were interesting. The premise was fun, and it was very different than anything I'd seen. And yeah, I loved it. Yeah, well, and they had like that whole amazing, gory, horrible fight scene all to. Um, I can't remember the song now, but it's so beautiful. I'm like, okay, this is beautiful yes. and awful all at the same time. <laughs> yes, you know, it's funny actually because um, soundtracks are huge with me. Um, I do playlists when I write, so each book has, you know, a specific playlist. Um, lately, I've been doing too. Spotify. Spotify playlist. Um, I have a, a Killing Moon has its own playlist. Um, I think the link is listed in the back of the book. And um, A Hunter's Moon, I'm still building that one, but it's got its own uh, playlist that I've been working off of. And yeah, music is huge for me. So when I see scenes like that, um, it kind of imprints the scene in my head with the song. And so anytime right. I hear that song after that, that's what I'm thinking of. And so that's kind right. of how I approach the writing as well. And you know what I found is really cool about having a playlist for your book is for me, I, I'm a hybrid author, so I self-publish and I have books with a publisher. So my self-published books, I usually get done, edited, and out much faster than the publisher ones. I have to wait to get edits back from the editor. So I might get that, and I've already written two books and then I have to go back to the edits, but I turn on that playlist and all those characters are back. It is amazing. It's like Pavlov's dog. You know, you hear the music and you're right back in that that book. And for me, yes. that's been hugely helpful. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's almost a sense memory at that point. Um, yeah. It's like yeah, Cheers. It's, Everybody knows your name. It's that's that's very true. And have you ever been somewhere where a song comes on and you don't notice that the song is on, but all of a sudden a character is in your head and you're like, why is Sebastian in old? Because this song is on. I yes. think that's a little yes. odd as well. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, we're always writing, um, even when we're doing other stuff. Um, I view it as kind of a never-ending Rubik's Cube in the back of my head. You know, it's always shifting, it's always twisting. Um, turning. <laughs> yes, it's always turning, it's always twisting. Where, you know, some things link up, some things fall apart. Um, you're never going to get a whole side necessarily until the book's done. Um, and so when we have those kind of situations with music and characters intersecting, you know, yeah, we're always writing. So when you're in the grocery store and you hear a song and you're like, huh, okay, that's kind of strange okay, now I'm buying chips, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, I, and, I always have my, and I always have my Shazam app ready because occasionally I'm out places and I'll hear a song and I'm like, this is perfect for whatever character. So I Shazam it so that later I can go home and buy the song and put it on the right playlist. And, and yeah, so definitely the music is a, a big a big deal for me anyway. I do have friends who are silent writers where it has to be quiet, but I can't. It, the music helps me stay focused on the tone of the book and the theme and all that. I, I, I can't do it if it's too quiet. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. That's exactly how I approach it is the, the theme of it, the, the overall ambiance, especially when you're, at least for me, when I'm writing a love scene, I have um, 
I have several different love scene playlists depending on the mood and tone I'm trying to hit with this particular scene. And so, um, yeah, for me, the music is absolutely essential. Yeah. And do you have different, um, I mean, for different characters, do you have like a theme song for that character? I usually have a theme song for the hero and the heroine of each book that always makes me think of them. Do you do that too? Uh, not as much. A minor, more uh, scenic. Um, oh, okay. In this particular, in this particular instance, um, "A Killing Moon," the the song "The Killing Moon" by Echo and the Bunnymen, kind of um, informed the story as it evolved in my head. Um, oh, nice! And it's got this kind of um, '80s vampire-y kind of feel to it. Um, so it's for me, that was kind of the creatures that roam in the night vibe was what I was going for. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have specific necessarily. I mean, occasionally I do, but not very often. Um, usually it's, it's now, more scenes and areas. So is, is the killing moon your first paranormal romance? No, uh, no. Well, it's my first one with shifters. Yes. Um, but Okay. I wrote uh, Dead and Disorderly, uh, which is the companion book to The X-File. Um, that uh, was my first paranormal, and that was um, based on a haunted house in town uh, here in Indianapolis. And um, it's also based on something that happened at work. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, um, when we explored this particular haunted house, that became – um, some of the features from that house ended up in the book. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah, it was. it's a very cool place, but uh, I don't want to um, give the location just because I'd rather the homeowners be, you know, left in peace. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Because the house is well, really cool. I bet. And and so how was your real work? Did you guys get like a 911 call to go to a haunted house? Uh, no, there was an officer who um, called his uh, dispatcher and said that he wasn't going back into the house because he was thrown out by something he couldn't see. <gasps> wow. And um, that was when his dispatcher looked at me and said, hey, you want to go on an adventure? <laughs> So did you go? Oh, yes, absolutely, right after shift, much to my husband's <laughs> chagrin, yes. I, <laughs> absolutely. And um, it was it was quite an interesting situation. The house is beautiful. It's, um, it's Tudor, uh, marble floors, leaded glass. It's, it was old and abandoned in this kind of bizarre Great Gatsby kind of way, just – a little old and decrepit, but still mm-hmm. extraordinarily beautiful. And um, right, the ground the ground floor was amazing. Um, as we went upstairs, the feeling in the house began to shift, and it became a lot less sociable. Um, by the time we got to the um, bedroom area where the uh, back of the house was, um, we got the very distinct impression that we were no longer welcome, so we left. Wow. Um, I, I took some pictures, but for, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. So I took some pictures, but this was before my, you know, cell phone camera was awesome. So they're kind of garbage, unfortunately. Oh, dang. Um, I volunteered for years at the Whaley House here in San Diego, um, supposedly America's most haunted residence. And I had so many cool experiences in that house, but I grew to love the Whaley's and, and it didn't, it didn't freak me out. There were a couple nights where I had to, I had to tell them, okay, that's enough. That's enough for me. And, and they'd leave me alone the rest of the night. <laughs> but, um, yes. but you know, anyway, I'm a big awesome. fan of haunted houses. <laughs> me too. Me too. I and am I love absolutely that you wrote a book a, that had the haunted house. Yes, absolutely. It's um haunted houses for me have always been fascinating. Um I've my grandparents' house was uh very much haunted. I live in that house now. Um and for the most oh, part nice. it's very yeah, um they've settled down quite a bit as I've aged. But um, every once in a while, we still have occasional moments where you're standing in a room and you hear footsteps and there's nobody else there but you, you know, that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, your dog goes, hey, who's that guy? And you're like, what guy? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When she starts barking and you're looking down the hall seeing absolutely nothing, like, oh, okay, great. There's awesome. nothing there. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I love when my animals freak me out. I'm like, thanks, guys. My imagination's bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, Definitely. we are quickly running out of time, but this was so much fun. And is there a, a way that you like readers to get in touch with you? How can they find out more about your books? Um, well, you can go on Facebook to Alexis D. Craig, author, um, or you can go to Lexi's Lyceum. I post on both. And um, usually it's just fun stuff. It's book-related stuff. It's uh, things that make me laugh. You kind of get to know me um, outside of just the writing. Um, and those are my two big ones. Also, I'm a dispatch vampire on Twitter because I worked overnight for years in the uh, police dispatch. And so oh, my Twitter fun. handle has just uh, stayed that. Great. Well, everyone get in touch with Alexis and run out and grab a killing moon because book two is coming out very soon. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers. <laughs>